So um, we will pray for the panel and then we'll just get started. So everyone reach out your arms um, and just bless the panelists. Lord, just thank you for this morning. You, Mama, why are you? Said panelists. <laughs> All right. Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. Um, we thank you for just the worship um, and just the prayer room session uh, before we got started with service, Lord. And we just thank you for bringing us um, Becca, Joseph, Mama Juan, and Priscilla just to facilitate this panel for us, Lord, that um, these questions that have been heavy on many of our hearts, Lord, that um, they would just t take the time to really just answer this from the word, God, and from your teachings, Lord. So just give us wisdom um, and understanding and being able to uh, just really take into account what is said today, Lord, and that hopefully it'll answer some of the questions that we've been wondering. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the questions that were submitted, I actually threw um, the Bible verses pertaining to Sermon on the Mount on them. So I'm going to have you, Isaac, read the Bible verses so you know which ones are ahead there. So you go ahead and flip to the first one. Loud. Loud. No, no, no. Don't read the question. Uh, you have to find it in the Bible. <laughs> You're going to be called on more and more, Isaac, to read the Bible out loud. Can you guys see if I'm sitting right here, like these people? Louder. Not really. You know what? I'm going to move over here. Can we go over there? She's the bee. So strong. So strong. Okay. And then, uh, do we have it on the screen too, RJ? Thank you. All right, uh, so the first question, and you can text me questions as well. Um, mostly it's gonna be pertaining to Sermon on the Mount, but if you have others, you're welcome to text me. My number will be on the top. Can we get a little more light here too as well? Okay. All right, so the first question comes from Matthew 6, 19 through 24. You'll go ahead and read that, Isaac. Okay, so um, I kind of like um, condensed their question because it was a really long one, but the general idea was we cannot serve both God and money. How have you seen this played out in your life and in the lives of others? And I think um, the person who's asking this uh, pertaining to mostly uh, you, Mom, actually, I know. <laughs> Here, you can, <laughs> you can have a sheet. <laughs> no. Uh, so the, the concept was like, we, we know, uh, you know, mom as, um, a spiritual mother, this place you've coached some of us, you know, when people are fighting for our money, sometimes we just kind of lay it, lay it down, you know? Um, like I know there's been times in my life where there were issues of money or someone stole something or something and my mom was just let them have it. Just don't even fight it. Give, give it over to them. Um, and let the Lord be justice. But um, so what, give us a little bit about your heart behind that 
And I know mom might take a little time to formulate her thoughts, but Becca and Joseph, if you wanted to add a little bit um, on thoughts on this matter while mom's collecting her thoughts, that'd be helpful. So, or she doesn't need to collect. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Uh, since I'm so old, <laughs> not as old as uh, 81, <laughs> 80s, uh, but uh, I have seen the, a lot of uh, people and see a lot and encounter many people and also see a lot of uh, wall streets up and down, you know, and all this uh, um, uh, econo economies crash time, you know, you know different time. And when you go through this, you really, you taking picture? <laughs> All right, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Otherwise, you come and, and, and repeat. <laughs> you need to do the squat, the Asian squat. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no more disturbing, okay? <laughs> I need to, to I, get my I can't my wait soul. till I get to that age where I can just do whatever like, I want. <laughs> I'm just going to go around taking pictures of people <laughs> whenever I want and do whatever I want. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember the, uh, pro, in, the proverb, in the proverb, it says, uh, the money can have a wind, fly away. The money can fly away. And really, when you see all this, you know, how, how my rich friend becomes so poor, my poor friend becomes so rich, and all this, you really think that, wow, really, the, the money can really fly. So, as a Christian, we really want our money to fly to where? Not to this world. Fly where? Up there. Up there. Store your money there. They, the Bible uh, the <laughs> he, she said, I, I need my thought to be together. <laughs> All this distraction. Okay. Um, where I am? Uh, <laughs> I can, can develop wings and fire. Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, Jesus also promised us that over there, there is no thief. There is uh, no Insect, no nothing, or no mice to come and steal, nothing, no, no thief to come. So there's the most safe place is over there. And uh, over these years, I really found it very, very true. I have to say it to every of you. It's very, very true. The more you give, the more God gives you back. This world never make that kind of promise. because Even if they made, it's fake news. <laughs> You know, all this. But in God, God's words never fail. And uh, I, I, I started to put out the money when I was small. That, not small, in the high school. When, and I started to do it. After I started to earn some money, a little money, and then some, I started to do it because my parents told me to. They said, give out one-tenth tithes. I, at the time, I really don't know, the, and I'm not, I don't have that kind of a faith. But over a year, when you step out, and you will see the return. Many people say, there is no miracle. I never see any miracle. How In this church, what was the miracle in my life? That, that is the miracle. If you dare to put out 
whatever God gave to you, and give back whatever God asking you to do it. You do it obediently. You will see. You will see the miracle. And through all these years, the more I give out, I never lack of anything. Maybe I'm not a rich lady here right now, but I do have enough. Very much more than enough. In fact, I eat a lot of. Many people know that I eat a lot of good stuff, <laughs> lobster. You know, whatever. Before I could not enjoy. I I don't have the money to buy it now because I give more and more and more. So now in the time, I don't just give out tithes only. I give even more because I know that investment. It's worth it. That investment have a very good return, and、uh, I because I know it, so I would like all my spiritual family, every of you, to be able to know it. Yeah, don't be hesitant to give to, put in over there. Nothing can take away, and besides, God aid more, because He's always give us double blessing. Thanks, Mom. <clears throat> Joseph is a finance major. Can you speak a little bit into this? Short. Oh, oh short. sure. Okay.、Uh, yeah. I mean, I think、um, this is something God's definitely working on my heart、um, continually about.、Uh, I think my sister would be the first to tell you that it's probably like my <laughs> greatest weakness,、uh, or like the where God has to root out the most sin、uh, for me.、Um, you know, I. Was a finance major in college, and man, I love money. Like <laughs> I was,、uh, I did, did tons of econ. I wanted to be a finance banker,、uh, investment banker.、Um, but、uh, but yeah, I think the what what mom was talking about. So the main thing God I think has been showing me and continues to show me、um, is centering my heart on where、um, where money comes from and what it is towards, and the money is His to begin with. That I'm only stewarding that money. I think that's something I have to continually allow the Holy Spirit to remind me of.、Um, and I'm always struck by those passages. Here's Sermon on the Mount. You know, like where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And and in James, where James talks about, you know, we we make these plans. You know, this today I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'm going to do this. In a year I'm going to invest and earn this amount. And and and、uh, and James says, you know, you're, you're a fool. You know, the, you, this very、um, Jesus says, this very day, you know, your life could be demanded from you.、Mm-hmm. You know, and you should say, if God wills it,、um, if God wills. And I think that's the the main difference between us and the world. It's not that saving is bad. It's not that like being financially sound is is bad. In fact, it's wise, and it's what we should do as stewards. As stewards, Jesus has so many parables of stewarding、um, gifts that he gives us. Those gifts aren't just money, but you know the talents of gold that he's given us. He expects us to to steward them wisely,、um, but not for our own plans. You know, James talks about like, oh, I'm planning on this year and next year I'm going to do this and invest this amount and have this amount. I mean, that's like that is perfectly what the world calls us to do、um, in investing. Is that like, oh, if you save, you're going to have X, Y, and Z. And I'd be the first to admit that like that had had at, you know at, has at times and sometimes does creep up to consume my life. Like I'm I'm all about the. I was all about the fire life for a while. I don't know if you guys know about fire, but it's like in my generation, a lot of like people are like, "All right, I'm going to be financially independent, retire early, fire." Like, and、uh, and like you know, Vic, Vic has heard of it. He he laughed. I caught you, Vic. Yeah. So anybody who laughed knew about it. But um, but yeah. So this is this like this undercurrent of like, oh, I'm going to like be financially responsible and save up so that I'm I don't even have to work. I only have to work if I want to, you know. And、uh, um, and, and fire like is like basically. 
that passage in James like sum, summarize, which is like, I've got these plans and the money is going to go towards those plans and my goals versus the biblical way that we see in the Sermon on the Mount is that that money is not mine, it's God's. Um, and that money, growing it and stewarding it responsibly is unto, unto what is God's will and kingdom. Um, and yeah, so I think um, with that knowledge, especially in the last year, you know, seeing... Um, you know, you, you never know. You know, this very very night, your life may be demanded of you. Like, I might not make it tomorrow. I might not see that revestment. I might not see that Roth IRA grow, you know. Um, and uh, I, I used to get on my dad a lot for, like, not investing, like, all, like what I would consider, like, aggressively or wisely, because I, I was a finance major. I was like, you know, this Roth IRA, you have to invest in this. And my dad's like, my sister knows this. He just is not, not, uh, not that aggressive. He was not a big risk taker for investments. Um, but, like, even looking back then, last year, like, you know, if he had to listen to me, all those extra investment, you know, whatever he would have gained, he, he didn't take a single penny with him. Yeah. You know, he didn't take a single penny with him. Um, and that's true for all of us. That's true for any of us. You know, very this very day, our lives could be de- demanded from us. Um, and, you know, we may not even see each other tomorrow. So be that with that sobering thought, letting that guide um, what we do with our money, you know, so. Yeah. And I would say dad actually ignored your advice. Yes. <laughs> and invested all his money in, in this. Like yeah. he built the house and how many of us, you know, I just look across the room, we're saved here. Like many of us were saved here, yeah. you know. And so there was an investment in a kingdom. Um, do you have any thoughts? You don't have to throw it in. Okay. All right, good. Um, moving on to the next one, uh, Matthew seven twelve through 13. Isaac. <laughs> Isaac, you get ready, man. Comes like a thief in the night, Isaac. You must be ready. You have to have oil, oil in the lamp. Oil in the lamp. At least I have the page marked. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Okay, good. Uh, so the question is, how do we walk through the narrow way in a practical sense? Uh, Christianity seems to have a lot of teachings that overlap other religions and philosophies. Example, the golden rule. What makes it narrow and different? Why is it even exclusive? Why don't we go with uh, Becca, if you're okay with that? Being a, somebody who was non-Christian before, who walked the wide gate, and now the narrow way. Speak a little bit did, into that. Did you hear the golden rule growing up in California schools? Ah, but, I mean, maybe like loosely or oh, like in different wording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Becca comes from a very, very liberal background of California, um, and uh, it was always lead to heaven sort of thing. So go ahead. I think what jumps to my mind is that one of the, you know, primary differences, like we know that the Bible is clear and that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Like there is, you know, no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh And I think that when you think about other religions, there's a lot of other uh, faiths or other philosophies or practices that do do a lot of like external good. I think the difference lies in, do you believe that that good can come from you? intrinsically like because the bible tells us that we have no good thing apart from him and like it actually like jesus all throughout the sermon on the mount 
digs deeper, like beyond our superficial righteousness and is like, Hey, you maybe haven't murdered, but that anger that you're harboring in your heart right now, same thing. You know, you're still guilty. Like we all fall short under that law. Um, and so I think that there's, you know, the, the difference in Christianity is recognizing that actually like, I can't produce any good thing inside of myself without Christ in me. And I can't make myself righteous apart from his blood. Um, and so I think that the idea that the world promotes is that you can be good, do good and have good things like peace or like satisfaction or fulfillment in life apart from the blood of Jesus. And Christianity says like, you can't have any of those things. Like it's all meaningless. It all falls short without him. It's good. Yeah, it truly is like, it's like we love because he first loved us. It's that love that we have, you know, when the golden rule is like uh, growing up, at least in elementary school for us, like the golden rule is like on like a poster board, you know, in like the classroom and teachers like, yeah, like don't hit kids on the playground because they're going to hit, you know, like, you know, because treat others like you want to be treated, you know. I, I didn't, growing up, I didn't even know the golden rule uh, existed in the context of Sermon on the Mount or from Jesus. Um, and so, but like the worldly aspect of it, I think there's this concept of like, all right, if you do good, like good things will happen to you, you know, that like karmic balance in the universe. Um, but we know, I mean, like even just thinking about it, we know that's not true. You know, I'm, I'm, there's plenty of quote unquote good people in Ukraine who would argue differently right now. You know, it's like, um, it doesn't, you know, there, there's no, this not like universal balance scale outside of God, you know, uh, outside of God, like God, ultimate justice comes from him and ultimately love comes from him. Cause like you were saying, you know, in the Psalms, like there is no goodness that we have on our own. Um, and so to even follow those rule, this rule of loving others, um, comes as an outpouring of the love that, um, that we know that the father has for us. Um, and then the, I think the difference also is that it brings glory to God, you know, when we see the true source of it versus goodness in the world, you know, it's always pointing to ourselves. Like, look yeah. at me, like I'm good, yeah. you know, I, I'm good. Look at how much goodness I do. Um, you know, kind of that promoting your own brand um, type of goodness, um, which is exactly what Jesus says is the Pharisee, like the Pharisee type of goodness, you know, doing goodness for your own sake, um, not out of love for God, not out of love for others. Um, so, it's good. Did you want to add anything to that, Mom? You don't have to if you don't want to. That means I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want to. No? Okay. All right. Good. Uh, oh, just one more. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, just uh, when, we, when you, it says uh, go to the narrow gate, a narrow way. Just so, you, so everybody, when you become a Christian, one thing to remember is uh, you are, you are, uh, don't always, uh, there will not be that many people follow you besides you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There to be a, a square, right? There to be a square? Oh, <laughs> sure, mom. <laughs> there, there, there to, to be, be different? Di- different. Yeah. Uh-huh. There to yeah. be a square. I like that. <laughs> that one rhymes a little better. I like that one. Yeah. There to be different. There to be different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. <clears throat> Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Can I call this the Bible 7 Yes. Go ahead. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. 
Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Okay, so the question is, sometimes when we pray, it does feel like God gives us a stone or a serpent instead of what we ask for. How are we supposed to believe this passage? How are we supposed to believe that he is still good in the midst of it? That's good. Uh, we'll, we'll kick off with Becca. I think this is something that she, I feel like you're passionate about this topic because um, as long as someone you love the book of Job, uh, you know, and you're also, um, yeah, go ahead, speak into it. I think for like for me, like one of the things that my I've been so convicted of, like just over the years is that like our sometimes we question God's goodness because what he gives us doesn't line up with what we think is good. Right. So like I love my comfort. I really don't like suffering. I don't like trials. I don't like, you know, anything uncomfortable. Like my American mind tells me I should have a nice, comfortable, blessed life. And if I have all of those things, then God is good. Right. But that's actually not in line with scripture at all. Like, and I think a, a good example of that just recently that comes to my own mind is Lom Lom. So Shalom, our the, puppy, the dog, yeah. she got spayed recently. And because she's a little chunky and she, <laughs> they had like these sutures and they told her like, all right, you have to keep her on strict crate rest for the next 10 days. Like you can't let her out of the crate. She can't jump. She can't run just out to potty and come back in. And so for us, like as her owners, like that are living with her, we're always hearing her crying and whining. Daniel yesterday was like, she's been whining all day. There's a little hissy fit. She does. And, and so for, from her life, little puppy perspective in her cage like she's probably thinking like why are these people not letting me out but for me like taking care of her it would actually like be detrimental for me to break those parameters and those restrictions and I feel like sometimes when the Lord like gives us things that seem like a stone and they seem hard at, for us to swallow, like they're not things that we would think of as, as good things like they're trials or loss or you know sickness whatever it may be he actually is coming from a much more eternal perspective than often we have. And so he's looking at, at realizing that actually losing our comfort is not the most, like, is not the worst thing we can go through. It's actually far more dangerous for us to live a life that is wealthy and comfortable all the time that we would forget God than it is for him to, in his goodness and in his mercy, allow us some affliction and some trials so that we wake up and that we know what is eternal and what matters and we can grow closer to him and lean on him. So I just feel like that's been a, a huge um yeah, I feel like that's a, a huge point for, for the body of Christ, like even for the coming days, just to, to understand and to grow in. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mom or Joseph, add to that? Yeah, I think, Mom, Mom, there's a psalm that Mom always uh, quoted was growing up from David, but it would basically like, bless, uh, don't bless me so much that I forget you, um, but don't, you know, like, not... That's Proverbs. Proverbs, yeah. Proverbs, yeah. No, um, I'd not be so rich to forget you, so poor that I would curse you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, like, praise God. Thank God that he, he disciplines those that he loves, you know. Like, he disciplines those he loves. Because of love. Because of love. Otherwise, if he doesn't love us, he doesn't need to discipline us. 
or doesn't need to give us anything, you know, and good or bad. But because she loves us, she she teaches us, and she sometimes withhold good things that we think is good, but it's not actually good for us. Yeah, I like um, it. If I, what's that quote from uh, Samuel Whitfield? Like, if if you agree with everything, or if you like are not, um, if everything that God does, like you are like okay with, then then you haven't really truly like. Um, I'm butchering the quote, but basically the, the the sense is like, man, if you're unless if God is not doing things that you're like questioning or, or wondering about, then then you haven't fully like. Um, surrendered yourself to the you, everything is your like what you're deciding is good or bad I, i'm to, i wish i could find that quote real quickly but um but yeah the, there should be moments where like you have to question and be like god why is, is this happening um you know the, i think the question was about like why do you get a do you get a stone sometimes and um part of that i think is that the surrendering of um like i don't understand it god your ways are not my ways but i I trust and I know that you're good from my experience with you. I trust and know that you're good from what you've written in the word, how you've demonstrated that Jesus on the cross. And I trust even if I don't understand it, that, that your ways are better, like better your ways, even if I don't understand it, I'm willing to, to, to trust you. Okay. you know? So even if it might be a stone now, mm-hmm. at the end of the age, you know, uh, one day we'll see how God is working, mm-hmm. uh, working through that. So. I think Joseph touched on something really important too, is just recognizing that like, our evaluation of his goodness is not based on whether things are going well in our life. You know, like our understanding of his goodness should ultimately come from his demonstration of love on the cross. Like, and so anytime our hearts are like, I think you gave me a stone and I asked for bread. Like, you know, anytime our hearts are like wavering or wrestling in that place, I feel like it's just so important to bring it back to the cross and behold the father giving of his only son. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's really hard to, maintain accusations against his goodness in the face of that. Yeah, I'm, I was going to bring up the cross if you didn't. I think that the, that the fact that we wear crosses on our neck, that it's all over the church, what is it speaking of? It's actually speaking of the character, the undisputed character of Christ, that he who would give his own son. I remember um, when my dad was dying, Joseph was crying next to his bed, I remember one time, and my dad, in his coma state, like, you know, unable to move, squeezed Joseph's hand to comfort him. Right? Nobody can make an argument at that point in time that my dad didn't love Joseph. If in the midst of his own suffering, his goal is to comfort Joseph. And so no one can dispute that God is good and for us, right? Like that on the cross, that he would comfort the thieves, the thief next to him. But in his mind and in his heart, it's all about comforting his people and, and bringing uh, peace to his people. Like the fact that Jesus did that in the midst of all his suffering speaks highly and it is undisputed in heaven to, heaven to hell that God is good and selfless in his character. So even if we don't understand the details of how things unfold in our life, we can trust his character because of the cross. Amen. Yeah. Good. Anything to add to that? No. All right. <clears throat> Matthew. <laughs> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, 
I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Okay, good. So based on that verse, how do we know then if we are saved? Um, and why does God give so much power to, quote, unquote, fake Christians, to prophesy, cast out demons? Um, we could even throw in, like, you know, have the stage or platform. Doesn't it deceive people if God were to give them so much authority over these things? Yeah, you, whoever. Well, I think... I. Uh... I think well, there's almost two parts. There's like two questions there. So I guess I'll start with um, giving. So like the passage talks about how there are plenty of people who have giftings um, that on the outside look um, look holy and righteous, uh, but at the end of the age, you know, God will say to them, "I didn't know you," uh, which is very sobering. But I think it's um, why does God give those gifts to those people? I think the question can be expanded. Why does God give gifts to anybody? You know, any any sort of gift. It doesn't even have to be prophecy necessarily or healing, yeah. um, but any sort of gifting in anything, music, uh, speaking ability, uh, athletic ability, like every good thing it ties into the passage here in, in chapter seven that we just read. All these good gifts come from God. Every good thing comes from the Father of lights. Um, all good gifts come from him and ultimately should be turned to his glory. And if we don't do that, um, if we don't do that, then that's when we fall into this trap. All right, but that doesn't mean that he... Um, that these good gifts of God, you know, the Bible says like the gifts of God are, are irrevocable, right? Like God gifts these things for to us um, to serve Him, to love Him, and love others. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. But mm-hmm. the fallenness of man is such that we turn it to glorify ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and so that's just this universal um, principle of sin that is prevalent in the church, outside of the church, you know, in any single setting of gifting. Um, and so, uh, you know, the question of why does God do that, uh, I mean, it's his love, it's his character, he gives good gifts, all right? And the fact that they are abused, those gifts are abused in the sense of not turning that glory to him is just the very nature of sin. It's the very nature of sin. Um, and so that's, I think that would be the same same answer. I, I think the sa- it would be the same answer for somebody who has a quote-unquote Christian, you know, Christian gifting, whether that's teaching, pastoring, prophesying, healing, or you know what we would maybe even would consider secular gifting, you know, music, athletics, sports, whatever gifting of healing. You know. mm-hmm. I think that even ties. So why does God give us the sun? He gives the sun, the sun on the righteous and the unrighteous, mm-hmm. the rain on the righteous. And why would He gift yeah. us that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's good. I like how you answered that, uh, Becca or Mom. Do you want to throw in anything there? <laughs> okay, Becca. Um, well, this this passage is like one of the scariest passages in the Bible to me. I. I don't know, that's just my my personal opinion, but I think that um, in kind of thinking about the first portion of the question, like how do we know if we are saved? I don't have a good theological, you know, cut and dry answer for that, but I know that the Lord like um, shows us that there should be fruit of our obedience and of our walking with him. Like we should have fruit in the spirit and also like it's measured. Um, First John talks a lot about how like our love for people actually is a good barometer for our love for the Lord. Um, And that's something I personally like have found very challenging over the years. Um, But I think that, you know, like kind of, in in context of this passage, like a good way to avoid like being deceived into thinking that we know him when we don't is not measuring even our own spirituality by our giftings or like what, you know, we're walking in because God gives like for the glorifying of his name, not just for like that person alone, but for the people that are affected by it or that see his like name or his power put on display. 
So I think staying in the context of community and like loving and serving um, with people where we have to like kind of like butt heads and like rub shoulders. Like I think that that really like when you yoke yourself to that kind of lifestyle, um, it causes you to have to like continually like be asking yourself that question of like, am I growing in these fruits of the spirit that should be present in a follower of Christ? Like, am I growing in my love for man? Um, do I, or do I just think that I love God and think that I know him? Cause I know theologically, or I know in my head a lot about him, but I don't actually know him as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of clarify that passage in first John, it isn't just talking about loving people, any people, but loving specifically the body of Christ, right? Like that they'll know that we're Christians by our love for people. Yes. Out on the outside, but especially in relations to, um, the, the body of Christ is an indicator of loving the head. Okay. Anything, mommy? Uh, I think that's why God wants us to gather together, because uh, it's important that you know, for us to go to a different meeting. It's not just worship God, talk to God, but uh, uh, knowing uh, in the Bible study, study God's words, but it's also for us to gather together, fellowship together. And uh, in the proverb says that, Iron sharpens iron and become what? They become a soul, right? You can, can use, huh? not just iron, right? useless. Huh? So we really need to sharpen each other. Yeah. Really, we need to be useful in, in God's kingdom. And don't, don't be a waste. Don't waste. Yeah. And don't be afraid of sharpening, being sharpened, because that God do this for our own good. Yeah, that we can be a our character. Sometimes, if you don't, you are not living with another person. You are not living with uh, or fellowship with others. You don't know. You cannot see yourself so well. Yeah. After I marry my husband, then I know. Wow, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm so easy to get anger or whatever. I have quick can temper than my husband. You know, if you don't get together, you don't know it. But once you get together, God wants us to get together before Him. That's very important too. Yeah, to so we can more. That's good. I would say like uh, Hitler actually loved pretty well. Like his um, fiance would have said that. His dog definitely would have said that. Like Hitler loved dogs. Um, but it's not about like choosing your friends. Like, like in terms of church, you don't get to choose who walks through that door, right? You just have to love them. It's an un, it's not something that you handpicked. Handpicking your friends is commonplace. The world can do it. You could do it without Jesus, but it's about loving, um, people that you did not even choose, but God has chosen his chosen people. Right. Okay. Um, all right, there's a question that someone texted me. I, I actually texted it out to Jeff, you, so you can write it up. Um, so this actually, I, I had, didn't have a chance to find the passage for it, but it's about justice. So I really think that's a great question to ask, um, especially in lieu of all the things that are happening in the world right now. Um, so people in the Old Testament called out to God for justice. But I have heard that with the advent of grace in the New Testament, when we forgive, we must give up the desire for justice. Did you hear this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so in people in the Old Testament called out to God for justice, but I've heard that in the advent of grace in the New Testament, when we forgive, we must give up the desire for justice. So my question is, is it biblical to pray for justice in a situation if we have truly forgiven? That's a good question. I love the topic of justice. It's one of, yeah, uh, go for it. Um, oh, I love this question. I think uh, the question's up here too. If you, yeah. mommy, if you need to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that justice and forgiveness are at all incompatible. Like not at all, because Jesus is perfect in both of those areas, and it's not in. Um, yeah, it, they're they're not held like in opposition, but they actually like mesh very well together. And I think that the Sermon on the Mount, though, and Jesus like telling us to, to, you know, endure persecution, to bless our enemies and things like that. Like, I think that you can experience being very unjustly treated in a situation and still like ask God for justice. I think the difference is that like, um, I remember hearing someone explain once that Jesus will give justice someday. It's either, but like, it's either that he, like the, per- let's say the perpetrator, will either like like experience justice at the judgment of God or like it's going to be covered under the cross which is the better of the two you know um and that Jesus's blood will have paid for it so i think that the desire for justice is not something that we can get out of our hearts it's something god put inside of humans like because he is just um i think the desire for vengeance though is what jesus warns against and that's when we take justice into our own hands in our own goodness. And then we get wrapped up in all the like evil, you know, bitterness and this and that, and thinking that we're better than that other person when we're really, we're not like, we're not any different than them. And we could have fallen into the exact same sin very easily given different circumstances. So I think they're not incompatible. I think that true, um, you can totally pray for justice, but with the understanding that your justice might look like that person comes to Christ and like Jesus paid for it. Hey Amen. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I think that's the sum of it all, um, which is uh, that, that it's, it's love. You know, it, it's either covered by the love of um, uh, the cross and it's forgiven um, or that, you know, one day out of love for his church and body, Jesus will bring justice. Like it's not the Old Testament, New Testament. God changed, you know, changed his plan. His plan is the same. And, you know, he will have justice. Um, but, uh, and that is why Jesus paid such a, such a penalty, such a price on the cross. You know, that, that was the penalty. The justice was that he paid the price. Um, and if we come under that blood, um, it, it is paid. Um, and so he loves justice. He is just in the Old Testament. He's just in the New Testament. He is just forever. Um, and he will have his justice. Um, and that, thus, Jesus went to the cross for our, you know, for our payment of what we owed. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I like, love what you said. You know, the Bible says, you know, vengeance belongs to the Lord. And so I think that's the difference is that we, we know um, that the, the vengeance that we have, what we think is just, because we just can't see the heart. We don't know, you know, and we can't dole out um, good justice. Um, not that we shouldn't try, not that, that we shouldn't pray for it, not that we shouldn't try to act justly, um, but to do so with mercy, um, act justly, with, do justly with mercy, um, because we know how much we have been forgiven. So. Do you have anything to add, mommy? No? Okay. Well, I think that actually wraps up. There's a couple more questions, but I think we're out of time. Um, Thank you guys for doing the panel. And then you guys can go back. If you guys have further questions, feel free to ask them individually or whatnot. They're always happy to 
But we're going to take a little bit of time to just uh, respond to the Lord uh, by uh, going into worship. And if any of these things like really touched your heart,